Thank you for watching our broadcast today. We appreciate it very much, and I know that you're going to be blessed. I believe your faith is going to go to another level as you hear the lesson that we're going to share with you today. We're talking about expecting the unexpected. You know, we read on last week's broadcast from Job chapter 5, and I want to read it again, particularly from the message translation, verse 9. It says, God is famous for great and unexpected acts, and there is no end to his surprises. What a great verse. God is famous for great and unexpected acts, and there is no end to his surprises. While you're sitting right there listening to me teach this lesson, God is working on a surprise for you. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it'll manifest, but I do know that the God I serve is famous for unexpected acts and for surprises. Praise God. Now, I want to go to the book of 2 Kings today, 2 Kings chapter 7. And while you're turning there, I want to quote a verse from Psalm 19, verse, actually verses 7 through 11. And it says, the law of the Lord, or the word of God, is perfect. That means it has no flaws. It has no defects. The word of the Lord is perfect. And it goes on to say, and in keeping of them, God's words, there is great reward. So all over the Bible, God tells us that people that will hold fast to his word, people that refuse to let go of his word will be rewarded. With what? With the manifestation of whatever it is they're believing him for you will be rewarded. The New International Version says, the laws of the Lord or the word of God can be trusted. I love that. The word of God can be trusted. That's where I have my trust today. That's where I have my confidence. It's certainly not in the world system because it's not reliable. It's certainly not in what man says because that's not always reliable. I've got my trust, my confidence, and my faith in what God says. You know, one of my favorite verses has always been Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. It says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? The word of our God shall stand forever. That means that no matter what's going on around us, no matter how shaky this world gets, no matter how unreliable its systems may become, there's one thing we can always depend on. One thing we can always rely on, and that is the Word of God can be trusted. The flower fades, the, the, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Do you notice that's why God doesn't have to reprint this every year? <laughs> Amen. He doesn't even have to reprint it every day like your newspaper. You know, they reprint that newspaper. They print it over again every day. Why? Because things change. But God's Word never changes. It's going to say today, it's going to say tomorrow, and it's going to say a hundred years from now, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you can trust that. You can rely upon that. Now somebody says, well, I know people that have trusted God and it didn't turn out the way He said um, I, I beg to differ. If I'm going to have to believe somebody, that person or what the Bible says, I'm going to choose to believe the Bible. Amen. Now, I don't know what happened with that person. 
The Bible says, no man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man that is in him. I don't, I don't know what was going on in that person's life. I don't know what they were saying 24 hours a day. I don't know what they were doing under pressure and neither do you. So you can't base your faith on what happened to somebody else. You have to keep your faith in the word of God. You know, I, I, I feel for that person. Uh, I, I, I have compassion for that person, but I am not going to give up on the word because somebody said, I tried it and it didn't work. Well, I've been at it 45 years. I tried it and it did work. Hallelujah. So I'm going to keep with the word of God. Amen. So the best thing I can tell you today is just don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Tell your neighbor, don't ever give up. Amen. So the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. It'll stand against anything Satan can throw our way. And it can stand against anything this world can throw our way. I believe that no matter what's going on around me, somehow, some way, God is going to come through. Amen. He's done it for 45 years, and I believe he will continue to do so. Now, our message today is to expect the unexpected. What do I mean by that? I'm simply saying, don't put God in a box. You know, God has met my needs in so many different ways over the years. I've, I've had him to meet my needs where, as I said on last week's broadcast, where a guy knocked on my door and stood there with money in his hand and said that it was the tithe from a job that he had finished and God told him to bring it to me. Now, even though that inspired my faith and that certainly was a confidence builder, every time I have a need, I don't expect God to meet it by somebody knocking on my back door. That'd be foolish. You know, every time I have a need, I don't go to the door and stand there and wait. Okay, God, I'm here at the door. What's, what's happening? Where's the guy with the money? No, because he may not do it that way that time. You know, I've had him do it so many different ways that he was, he was endeavoring to show me, son, I am unlimited. I am famous for unexpected acts. I am famous for surprises. So don't put me in a box. Now, I've had times where, you know, somebody met my need and the person who did was a very wealthy person, a person that was very successful, certainly capable of meeting other people's needs. I've, I've had a, a, a time in my life where a multimillionaire blessed me and met a need in my life. I'm not talking about he gave me millions. I, he didn't even give me hundreds of thousands, but he met a need in my life. Now, what would be foolish on my part is every time I had a need, go look for that guy because God may not use him next time, you know, and I can't make that guy my source of supply because if I do, I'll get disappointed. Amen. Now I've had other times where God met my need through a person that in the natural, they didn't look like they had two quarters to rub together. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, if I had been looking for the person who looked most capable, I wouldn't have selected that person. You know what I'm talking about? I had a, I had a lady one time, we had a need with our, uh, uh, we were building a medical facility in Kenya and uh, we were paying cash for this as we went and it, it cost a ton of money. And I'm building the clinic and Oral Roberts University and Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association was going to staff it. And so I'm building this clinic. 
Brother Roberts and I are going to dedicate it when we finish it. And uh, I'm, I'm building it and paying cash as I went. Everything's moving right along. And then we came right up to where we thought we were finished and it was time to go and dedicate it. And my director called and said, Brother Jerry, there's one last thing the government's requiring us to do before we can open this clinic and it's going to cost another $30,000. Well, I didn't have another $30,000. You know, uh, I had used all the money that was designated for that project. Now, I can't go take money out of another, you know, uh, account where it's been designated for something else because the IRS calls that misappropriating funds. So I couldn't take it from another account that I had designated for something else. And I didn't have any more money in this project account. And so I needed $30,000. And I got to have it quick because, you know, I've already told Oral Roberts, we're going on such and such a date and you don't go back and tell Oral Roberts, no, we're not going, you know. <laughs> You just don't do that. And so he thinks we're going on such and such a date and I've got to get this done. And so I need another $30,000. And so in the natural, I don't have it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I can't produce it on my own, you know. And so the Believers Convention, Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention had begun in Fort Worth. And uh, I always speak in the convention with Brother Copeland. And one night after the service, Brother Copeland had spoke that night, we're going back to our hotel. And myself and my wife and Jesse and Kathy Duplantis, and I believe Happy and Jeannie Caldwell from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I know that John Copeland and his wife Marty, we were all in the elevator, and the door was closing. And just before it closed, there were two little hands pressed in that elevator door trying to get the elevator to open. I pushed the open button, and when I did, there was a woman standing on the other side in a jogging suit. She didn't have a Bible in her hand. She didn't have a purse. She looked like maybe just a hotel guest who'd been out walking or maybe jogging or maybe she'd gone to the gym. Uh, we didn't know her. You know, it didn't appear she knew us. She didn't say anything. She just got on the elevator other than she said, thank you for opening the door for her. And she pushed the button to her floor. Now, we're all talking. We're talking about the service. We're talking about Brother Copeland's sermon, you know. And she's just standing there. Well, as it turned out, the, the, her floor was the first floor that the door opened to. And the door opened, and she would, we assumed she was about to get out. But before she did, she reached in her pocket, turned around and said, Brother Jerry, God told me this would happen. He told me you and I would meet tonight in the elevator, and he told me to give you this. And she handed me a check. And she said, God bless you. And she walked away and the elevator door shut almost before I could say, thank you. Now I've got a check in my hand. Everybody heard this conversation. Inquiring minds want to know. You know? So I opened the check and it was $30,000. $30,000. Now how often does that happen? Now that was in the Worthington Hotel, downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Every time I need $30,000, I do not go to the Worthington Hotel and ride the elevator up and down until somebody hands me a check for $30,000. That would be foolish. Amen. Why? Because God doesn't do it the same way every time. Amen. He is famous. Everybody say he's famous for unexpected acts. Amen. And he's famous for surprises. Now that was an unexpected act. 
It wasn't that I wasn't expecting $30,000 to manifest. I was. But it surprised me in how God went about doing it with a little woman in a jogging suit who in the natural didn't look like she was capable of producing a check for $30,000. Amen? But God knew she was. Here's another thing. You know, if you're going to believe God for a need to be met, and the primary way that God will do it is through people, because the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom? Amen. So I believe God's first choice is for people to be used by God to meet needs in our lives. Amen. Amen. Now, he's not limited to people because when Peter needed tax money, Jesus sent him fishing and the fish found the tax money for him. So God can use a fish. Amen. Not only that, but there was a time when the prophet uh, was at the brook that dried up, you know, and was in need. And God sent the birds to get him food and bring to him. So God can use a bird. God can use a fish. Amen. But that's not God's first choice. You know, God promises that those who give, it's possible that they can receive a hundredfold on their giving. What is a bird going to do with a hundredfold? What does a fish do with a hundredfold? It's not birds and fish that need hundredfold return. It's men. Amen. So men are his first choice. But the problem is the body of Christ have been going out and finding the men when that's not our job. Job, our job is to believe that God can do it and that God will and let God find the man that'll listen to him. Can you say amen? Amen. God knows who will listen to him. So what you ought to be praying is this, God, you said you would supply my need and I believe that your first choice is men. So I believe you're going to send me somebody that will obey you. Praise God. That will listen to you. Now, let me tell you this. If you're going to pray that God will send you somebody that will obey him, start obeying him yourself first. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that. How many times has he told you to meet somebody's need and you didn't do it? Or you argued with him? Or you hesitated? Or you said, I can't afford to? Now, how would you like for him to call on people just like you? Huh? You have a need. God wants to meet it. And yet the person he keeps telling to do it acts just like you. I knew you wasn't going to like this sermon. Huh? No, you, if you're going to believe that God will supply your need through obedient people, then the first step is you become an obedient person. When God tells you to meet the need of another person, be obedient. My daughters can tell you, I taught them years ago how to be obedient. And how is it, Jerry Ann? Quickly and quietly. <laughs> Amen. Do it quickly and quietly. What do I mean by that? Don't fuss. Don't argue. Don't try to prove to God that you have a better idea. You know, don't hesitate. Don't wait a week when he said, do it now. That's right. Come on. And you'll find out that that's the kind of people God will call on when you have a need. Amen. People that will be obedient, they'll do it quickly and quietly. Now, 
My point is this. Don't, don't put God in a box. You know, don't limit him to the person he may have used before. Don't limit him to the person who looks most likely or most capable. Let God do the choosing. Amen. Let God do the choosing. And when God does the choosing, it'll turn out right. Praise God. Don't become a religious con artist. That's one of the things that kept me out of the ministry before I ever went in the ministry is watching preachers who said they lived by faith, but they were nothing more than religious con artists going up to people and saying, we live by faith, but if you don't give, this ministry's going under. We need a car. Is God talking to you? No, that's not, that's not faith. That's religious con work. Amen. That, that's making it happen yourself and not relying on God's ability to do the unexpected. Can you say amen? amen. Like a, a, a lady heard me say one time when I first started preaching, I have no one to depend upon but God. And after the service, I heard her and another lady talking. Bless his heart. Poor thing. He's just a kid and nobody to depend on but God. So I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, lady, please don't feel sorry for me because I have nobody to depend upon but God. Feel sorry for the person that doesn't know how. Amen. Amen. Nobody to depend upon but God. Who else do you need? Who else do you need? I wish I could tell you that every person who's ever promised to do something for my ministry in the last 45 years did it. No, they haven't. Amen. Now, you know, I know they had good intentions and I know they probably would have, you know, uh, if they'd have stuck to their word, they wanted to but not everybody who's ever promised to do something for this ministry, you know, has come through. But not one time has God let me down. That's right. Not one time. That's right. Amen. Why? Because the grass withers, the flower fades, but his word stands forever. Can you say amen? You know, I was preaching this in Colorado not too long ago. And uh, I kept, you know, every night we were doing a, a rally in a different city every night. And I just kept building on this message. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Watch for surprises. And there was one gentleman in the meeting that I've known for a long time. And the Spirit of the Lord uh, prompted me right in the middle of my sermon to stop and say, and I called his name out and I said, and God is working on a surprise for you. And it wouldn't surprise me if it happens within the next 24 hours. And I said that by the Holy Ghost. Well, he went home the next day, 24 hours later, and then he texts me and he said, Brother Jerry, you're not going to believe this. I said, yes, I am. I'm a believer. <laughs> praise God. I will believe it. He said, man, when you said that, it went off in my heart. I called my family and I told them, God is working on a surprise for us and it wouldn't surprise me if it happens within 24 hours. And he said, he got a, a call from his daughter. Now they'd moved from one state to another. And so his daughter still lived in the state that they used to live in. And he said, she got a call the next day from some neighbors of where her mom and dad lived and said, there's some mail here at the house. And we know that your folks don't live any, here anymore. And somebody needs to come pick it up. And so she went over and picked up the mail. And there was one particular envelope 
with a name on it. And he said, open it and tell me what's in it. And she opened it and it was a check for $20,000. A check for $20,000 that had been sitting on the, in the mailbox waiting for him, but they had sent it to the wrong address, his old address. Amen. But God knew that. That's when he told me to tell him that it wouldn't surprise me that your surprise will come to pass within the next 24 hours. And it was a check for $20,000. Amen. They say, well, I wish God would do things like that for me. I can't find anywhere in here where it says, if you wish it, it'll happen. Amen. But I do find in here where it says, be it unto thee as thou hast believed. Can you believe that God can do that? Can you believe that God will do that? If you can, then you're a candidate for a surprise. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what God wants to do. Now, 2 Kings chapter 7. This is a story of a time when God's people were facing an impossible looking situation. In fact, they've got an army that has surrounded them, that outnumber them, and more than likely are going to destroy them, slaughter them, or they've cut off their supply lines, so they're just going to wait around until they die of starvation. But the prophet of God says this in verse 1. Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, what he's saying is this. Tomorrow, things are going to be different. There's going to be a change take place within the next 24 hours. Now, what he's saying is this. I realize that the supply lines have been cut off. There's no food. Even the rich had no food. And yet he's saying, but this time tomorrow, it'll be business as usual in the marketplace. God's going to turn some things around and he's going to do it within 24 hours. Amen. Now look at verse two. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes but thou shalt not eat thereof. Now, what he's saying is this, this man that, that heard the prophet say that, he said, I don't see any way that could possibly happen, even if God was to open the windows of heaven and pour it all out. There's no way that could come to pass. The message translation says, this man said, do you expect us to believe that? Do you really expect me to believe that God can turn something around in 24 hours? And you know what the prophet said? It'll happen, but you won't partake of it. Now, let me close it with this statement. Doubters are not partakers. What's 24 hours to God? You know, you don't get to be called God if you can't do things within 24 hours. Amen? But this man said, do you expect me to believe God can really do that? And the prophet said, oh, it'll happen. And you'll see it happen, but you won't partake of it. You know, I don't want to be that outsider. I don't want this happening to everybody to, but me because I couldn't believe God could do it. Well, I don't want that happening to you as well. Doubters are not partakers. But on the other hand, be it unto thee as thou hast believed. Believers 
are partakers. Hallelujah. Amen. So choose to believe that God is famous for unexpected acts and God has no limit on the way that he can surprise you. Hey, I'll be back in just a few moments. Are you believing God to answer your prayer and are you expecting Him to answer in a specific way? In the CD series, Expect the Unexpected, Jerry Savelle teaches us that God is famous for doing the unexpected. Job 5.9 says that there is no end to His surprises. Learn how to get up every day expecting the unexpected from God and experience your greatest victories now. And in his book, Every Day a Blessing Day, Jerry Savelle reveals what the blessing of God is and takes you on a journey of discovery on how you can apply the power of God's blessing to experience the joy and freedom that come from making every day a blessing day. Don't wait. Call now or visit us at jerrysavelle.org to request this powerful combo. Expect the unexpected and every day a blessing day. Start expecting to be blessed in unexpected and surprising ways today. Praise the Lord. Thank you once again for joining us today. I trust you've been blessed. We're going to continue this study next week, so be sure to join with us. Listen, don't be like the guy in 2 Kings and keep saying, do you expect me to believe that? God is famous for doing what people say cannot be done. Dare to believe that. He's famous for doing what people say can't be done. So don't walk around the rest of your life saying, I just don't believe that. I don't see any way that could happen. Hey, shut up and start believing that the God you serve is unlimited. Amen. He has ways to meet your needs, once again, that you couldn't dream up in a thousand years. Now, I want to encourage you to order this special package we have for you today. It's entitled, Expect the Unexpected. It's two CDs where we talk about this subject in great length. And of course, it was in a service uh, where the anointing was flowing and people are pulling it out of you. And I had time to expound upon it. So you'll want to get this. Expect the unexpected. There's a lot of great testimonies on it of how God's done that in my life that I believe will inspire your faith. And along with the CDs is the book, Every Day a Blessing Day. Let me read to you some of the chapters in this book. God is looking for a way to bless you. Chapter two, the heritage of the blessing. It's part of your heritage. As a Christian, you have a covenant with God and part of your heritage is to be blessed. Hallelujah. And then chapter three, I love this, a privileged life. God wants you to live a privileged life and you live a privileged life when you learn how to walk in his blessing and when you learn how to walk in his favor. Chapter four, expectancy is the key. Chapter five, understanding the principles of the blessing. Chapter six, appropriating those principles. Then number seven, achieving your highest expectations. And the blessing is forever is chapter nine. And then chapter 10, the glory and the blessing. Hallelujah. God's manifested presence, power, and goodness. I believe this book and these two CDs will Take your faith to another level. So if you'd like to order them, go on our website or look at the address or the phone number that's on the screen right now and place your order. We'll send them to you right away. Thank you again for joining us. 
And I believe in Jesus' name, this is going to be your year for your greatest victories. I'll see you again next week.